0: up everybody welcome to another episode of the via vhs retro movie podcast i have to address something right away yes I, I have this tingling sensation down on my danger zone and you know it's been way more than four hours and you know i was really concerned and then i realized there's two reasons this is happening mm-hmm. one we're talking about top gun i've been excited for this episode all week Been so pumped about Top Gun Maverick, so pumped to talk about Top Gun, the original from 1986. That's the first reason. The second reason is I'm talking about Top Gun with the one person who could provide as much homoerotic energy as shirtless male volleyball. We got Spencer Scott Holmes. Hey, hey, hey.
1: I mean, if anything, like why I played volleyball in high school was because of Top Gun. Seemed only right. (laughs)
0: Yeah, (laughs) I make most of my decisions with like, what would Maverick do?
1: Yeah, you know what I mean? uh, Well, for me, too, I always feel like I always kind of want to be like Iceman. I want to be Val Kilmer. Mm. I want to be kind of the dick of the group. I don't know why. I just sort of as a a child, I would always kind of go for that anti-hero kind of character in a movie Mm. somehow, some way, or even the slight villain. You know, I I don't know why, but that's how I always kind of lean towards. I'm like, that guy seems pretty cool. He's gonna play I'm, Batman one of these days. <laughs> I'm I'm
0: cougar at best.
1: <laughs> yeah, I feel like I mean, I'm gonna be like Merlin or something like that. You know what I mean? Yeah. One of those guys in the back there. If I'm yeah. lucky, I could be cowboy and get the cool general glasses on and the cowboy yeah. hat and whatnot. But I don't, I don't know.
0: The favorite my favorite name Sunset.
1: Yeah, sunsets I, really. cool. I
0: like that. That's a cool name, Sunset.
1: <laughs> Just uh,
0: another maybe another Sunset Riders reference. Our names are T Bone and Razor. Remember SWAT yeah. cats back in the day
1: exactly SWAT cats pretty much it's like i felt like if you were obsessed with a top gun as a kid well SWAT cats was made perfectly for you as your follow-up show because that's what it was it was like sci-fi version top gun Hanna barbera style so you got the animal characters and whatnot like that but uh it was like if there was a top gun show this was it
0: yo i'll say this uh SWAT cats was underrated as it was really good Dude, SWAT Cats was amazing. I haven't watched it in years, so I can't even remember. I don't even remember the theme song right now, but I just remember how good it was.
1: Yeah, well, that's the same thing too. It's like it's one of those series that I've been, I've always wanted to kind of just get the. I think they have a DVD set of it out there right now that you
0: can kind of, or they've
1: had it for the last handful of years or something. It's one of those ones that's been on my list that I got to get this at some point. But because yeah, I I used to watch the Living Daylights out of SWAT Cats. I mean. Top Gun was one of those films that, of course, we watched religiously as, like, kids. That's, like, one of those ones, like, if there was only, like, 20 VHSs, like, there was to watch, that was one of them. I remember it was Top Gun and Predator were, like, the two that me and my buddy Kyle, speaking of Kyle, right in the back there, uh, in the Pizza Boy sign. Yeah, that VHS right there that you're holding up, that's the one we would watch over and over and over again.
0: <laughs> well, you know, real quick, you know, this VHS is very important not this particular one, just in general, you know, the Top Gun VHS is credited for pretty much starting the home media craze because, you know, I think we mentioned on an episode before, I saw the VHS commercial for Top Gun, and it was twenty six ninety five was the price point. Yeah. And we commented about how that was still really high, but that was actually the lowest price at that time by a lot. Yeah. And the reason they had that, and you might know this already, but, they have, you know, the original one. This is this is the one, not the original. This one came out when Mission Impossible came out.
1: Okay, because I say, because that one looks a little bit different. Mine's like the black cover case.
0: Okay, so I think that one might, I think that might be the original one. It has a Diet Pepsi ad at the beginning. And it was the very first, My. yeah, first VHS to kind of have an ad like that. And that offset some of the cost of the manufacturing. Which brought the price point down from like eighty dollars, like Star Wars and everything else was at the time, yeah, to a you know reasonable twenty six ninety five, which is still a lot for a movie. That's like a four K Blu ray today in two thousand twenty two, yeah. But, but it's
1: also you got to think of inflation, feasible. so it's like a seventy five dollar movie, but like today,
0: it would probably if, like be paying forty today, but it, it was definitely more feasible than you know eighty dollars, ninety dollars hundred dollars in 1986 for a movie that's a lot yeah i mean that's ridiculous so that's what vhs was then and then top gun comes out brings the price down and then you start seeing those ads batman 89 has the diet coke and Indiana mm-hmm. jones has diet coke and i had a mcdonald's partnership too um so yeah top gun historic
1: Makes me wonder what the laser I mean, yes. price was because you know that's because laser disc is right out that same time period too was it so, well,
0: well, yeah what years like what was the height like 89 I, through 92 probably yeah
1: well, that is about the hype. but I want to say laser disc comes out give or take 84 or 85. it kind of comes okay. out the same time as CD like literally CDs come out and laser kind of comes out like right around the exact same time period
0: I, we gotta talk about this for a minute I am so so excited for top gun maverick
1: oh i'll do out i'm there 100
0: it's it's like we're going to be doing a fast forward so we've only done we've done this once maybe twice before when you go back and look at a film um you know a franchise from the vhs era and there's a new installment which happens all the time these days there's a few more this <laughs> year i mean firestarter just came out like last week Yep. Uh, then you got the new Predator movie Prey coming out later in the year, and then a few other things. Um, so yeah, we'll we'll go, you know, those are movies that were classic VHS movies. There's a new like a reboot or a sequel or something. We'd like to look at some of those. And but this is the you know, prime candidate for that Top Gun Maverick. Reviews are insane. Mm-hmm. Like I think I saw it was ninety seven percent on Rotten Tomatoes. There's no shit around like Tom Cruise's best movie. Bro, that's <laughs> lofty. It is. it is. Lofty. Well, you, know, you
1: know, and I always say Tom Cruise, I always call him Mr. Reliable because realistically, you can pretty much generally bet on a Tom Cruise movie being pretty darn awesome he doesn't really take bad movies you know i mean and, and if there is a movie that you might not like, it might just be more of like a personal choice thing, but like in the last about twenty years, he's generally like pretty darn like three out of four and up on every single film for the most part,
0: you know there's he i mean he has thinkers like everybody else, but they're they're few and far between yeah
1: I feel like they're just they're they're way less than even most actors, mm-hmm. you know, I just think it's one of those ones like he generally just picks them. And they're they're still like you're, I'm never really disappointed in Tom Cruise's choices.
0: Yeah, there was a lot of talk when you know the Mummy bombed.
1: Yeah, I, and yeah. I like that one. I don't know. I mean, it wasn't I hated it? Wasn't amazing, but I still enjoyed it.
0: it they, there was a lot of talk around that time, though. It was like, oh, well, the reason it bombed is because Tom Cruise got involved and he got his hands all over it. I'm like, he does that with all his movies, and that's <laughs> one of the reasons they're so damn good. Is because yeah. say what you want about the man and his personal life, and think you know whatever. Dude, care, everything that he does, he cares. Mm-hmm. He puts a lot of effort into. He has an attention to detail. Don't fuck around on his watch because he's gonna yell at you. All right, he's gonna cruise out. Yeah, he is. But you, but you know, he delivers, man. Uh, Those Mission Impossible movies are amazing. They're saying this, the new Maverick blows Top Gun out of the water, which is saying a lot because we're gonna, we're gonna be gushing over it in our retrospective tonight. Yeah, probably. exactly.
1: But yeah, no, it's it's one of those ones like Tom Cruise. It's like, that's the thing is that guy's like into movies more than pretty much mostly anybody else out there. You know what I mean? He's literally got a religious cult that supports him in all his movie decisions (laughs) so that he doesn't have to do any of that extra work. You know, he just gets to focus 100% on film and filmmaking and all that good stuff there. And, you know, yeah, I mean, like, he's he's gonna put the Tom Cruise touch on him but he's like one of those few guys who like goes like way out of his way to really like make pure entertainment. I mean like he's gonna climb up the side of the building. He's gonna hold on to the side of a plane you know he's gonna do all these crazy stunts and all this action stuff just for our entertainment because he understands that part. He's going to yell at you at the beginning of mission possible six. If you don't put the right settings on your TV, that was like one of my favorite ones. I loved it. When when Tom Cruise and the director came on for, I think it was mission possible six. And they're like, yo, fix your TV, fix the settings. If you have it in that double frame rate, like an idiot and you're watching everything, like it's a soap opera, you got a problem. You know what? Just take the DVD back. If that's the case, we don't even want you watching it anymore.
0: Okay. (laughs) sometimes i like the soap opera effect
1: do you like that God, i can't sometimes. Yeah, i can't i don't even like it on video games on video games i don't like it i, I want the, i want that 24 frames in a sense i mean I know there's that video some games movies not where
0: them, it's i don't like it it's like 80 20 i don't like it uh-huh. but there's just some movies where it adds like this dimension to it like i remember watching seeing an avatar-huh and that with that effect and it was like i kind of like that it's kind of it kind of looks kind of cool i understand why people hate it though but I definitely wouldn't want to watch mission impossible in it. Cause some of the shots in it are just, I wouldn't yeah. like, it, hurt it, your face. It, it,
1: it throws me off. I don't know. It's like the only thing I like 60 frames a second. And that kind of look in is it's gotta be something where there's no humans in it or anything like that, because mm-hmm. it, it works fine for like, you know, like nature, wildlife shots, you know, scenic things, you know, buildings, you know, industrial stuff. Like it's fine there, but when it comes down to straight up movies, like I, I don't know, especially older movies too. It just there's something just about that that's like nope. Like literally I won't watch a movie at someone's house if that if that's running. And a lot of times what I do is if I'm at someone's house, I switch the settings on it so I fix their TV.
0: <laughs> I did it with my dad. He didn't know.
1: Yeah, well most I mean, people don't. They just plug the TV in and they just assume that like it's just gonna work and they don't realize. It like the dial it.
0: I feel like I'm there. I feel like I'm with Tom Cruise. I feel like I'm in his house. <laughs> See, for me, I feel the other way
1: around. When I watch it, I feel like it's got this uncanny feel, like something's missing, like something's Mm. not right here now. Like, I'm not part of the movie anymore. Like, you know, it's got these double frame rate going on.
0: Well, he educated us about double frame rate. I remember seeing that on Twitter, that little video he did. And uh, that was for the last Mission Impossible movie that came out. He had to let us know how to watch it. Yeah, so... He cares. I mean, Tom Cruise. Yes. always cares. Always puts the effort, extra effort. A lot of that started with the first Top Gun. He was sitting in on meetings. Yeah. That you know he wasn't didn't really need to be in, but he's wanting to learn more about the how the industry works, how the marketing works, how what the directors are thinking, the writers. So he's been involved, and I think most of the time, it's better if, when Tom Cruise you know get him involved in everything. It's yeah. He's made in Star Wars. This man involved in some other stuff that we need fixing. <laughs> um, but um, anyway, we're talking about the 1986 one a second ago, and I just realized that you know it's about time to go back in time.
1: Oh, I think we should.
0: I think we should. I think this is that time of the episode. If you, this might be the first episode a lot of people watch via VHS mm-hmm. or listen to. Um, so, if that's the case, we're about to pop open the flashback portal. We'll tell you what that is in just a second. So, flashback portal. What is that thing? That is uh, where we go back in time uh, to the week that the movie we are reviewing was released. In this case, it's May sixteenth, nineteen eighty six, when Top Gun was released. And we look at some of the pop culture surrounding that movie, and um, we look at the Billboard charts. Look at the box office for that week, and um, that's what we're going to do right now. We're going to start in the Billboard charts. Um, I think it should be noted. (laughs) So talking about a movie that may have. It's in that discussion of best movie soundtracks of all time. I think it's at least it's arguably on that Mount Rushmore.
1: Oh, I would say for sure.
0: For sure. It's in terms of just especially its relevance at the time. And it has two had one song go number one, you know, win a bunch of awards. I had the other song was at number two most instances, that song would have been number one. Uh, so massive, massive soundtrack.
1: Yeah, well, it, all the songs are good on it. That's the thing. Mm-hmm. Is, this is one of those ones, like, because I had the cassette back in the day, Listen, to Living Daylights have that. Then they had the CD that came out that had all the missing songs. And I don't know why. They, they used to do that too, where they would release like a soundtrack and it, it would ha, it would be missing like four of the songs. Like, and, like every movie did it. And then they would release like later on, they're like, oh, here's all the missing songs. Like, I think Great Balls of Fire is not on the original version.
0: Yeah, but it's on and the then, um,
1: the re-release,
0: and the Righteous Brothers, yeah, thing is they, they added that again, but they were all the original stuff. It was revolutionary soundtrack. It's a revolutionary movie in a lot of ways. It it changed the game for action filmmaking, um, soundtracks. Just just such an important movie. Yes, um, and we'll talk more about that in the rebound review. But the reason to bring up the soundtrack in particular is because of course. It was released around the same time as the movie, so these songs have not hit the Billboard chart yet. They're not, you know, you won't hear Danger Zone by Kenny Loggins read off or, you know, Take My Prince by boys. Berlin. Or Playing With The Boys. Uh, <laughs> could they have, like, there, there, was a, there was a group of people sitting around like, how can we make this scene gayer? And they're like, oh, why, how about they do it? Well, we can't, no, it's PG. How about we have a song called Playing with the Boys?
1: Yeah, like old Kenny Loggins.
0: Like Kenny Loggins.
1: You know what? And we're going to have a bunch of dudes sitting around with no shirts on. There's not a single woman there in that entire volleyball match.
0: I mean, that's all man right
1: there. Oh yeah, man party.
0: That, that fails and passes the Bechtel test simultaneously.
1: <laughs> but it makes I you want to be there. Don't you want to be there? Like, I mean, like, no. you feel like you got to keep your shirt on, and you can always be Goose, but...
0: yeah. I'm at best cougar, as I said, but
1: <laughs> you lost um, the
0: edge. Yeah, goodness gracious! Number one on the Billboard charts, greatest love of all, Whitney Houston. Oh, there we go. Yeah, so this is there. You know, this is not. I want to let you know this is not as exciting as the Billboard as you as as we usually get with the '80s.
1: Yeah. Okay, I'm there. Yeah, we'll
0: find out. Well, yeah. Uh, West End Girls by Pet Shop Boys is run, coming in at number two. It's down last week for number one. Um, why can't this be love? Van Halen.
1: Oh, well, at least Van Halen's on there. So you know what? As yeah. long as there's some kind of rock artist like in the top ten, it makes me happy.
0: Yeah. What have you? What have you done for me lately, Janet Jackson? Oh yeah. Number four, Live the Tale, Madonna, in number five, one of my favorite eighty songs. I think one of the best eighty songs. One of the most quintessential 80s sounds. Um, Jersey's on a vacation far away. Yeah. yeah it just is got gone. that
1: intro, intro. Everybody knows what's going on.
0: The video is better because even though they're, they're, there's some instruction sounds mixed in because they're building something. Who cares? They there's The intro is extended. And I've always, anytime I want to listen to Your Love by the Outfield, which is number six, I always... Try to find the extended version with the little extra intro because it uh-huh. builds it a little bit more. I think it's a huge mistake that they kind of jump right into it in the radio version. So well, yeah, you,
1: you gotta get the CD version for that.
0: Yeah, you do. Um, my boy, my boy. You know who I'm gonna say? My Philly boy, Bob Seeger? Phil PC, well, Bob Seger no. too? Yeah, but <laughs> PC, Phil Collins, Take Me Home. Oh,
1: there we go. I wanna remember.
0: Yeah. Yeah, I <clears throat> still don't have my voice back yet, it, That which is probably good because it still sounds terrible when I do have it. <laughs> um, Bad Boy, Miami Sound Machine at number eight. Um, if You Leave, um, Orchestral Maneuvers in the Dark, I guess this is from the Purity in Pink soundtrack, and then Addicted to Love.
1: Oh, that's a big song.
0: Robert Palmer. Come really back to our song.
1: cocktail movie with Tom Cruise.
0: Yeah, which, yeah, so this is, yeah. Fast forward a little bit in time. Yeah, that's pretty good. Um, just some other ones you'll see on here. Um, All I need is a miracle by Mike and the mechanic. So you you have Phil Collins and you have Mike from Genesis. You have, you know, yep. Be Good to Yourself by Journey. Um f- f- what, this is this was a Mommobile banger for sure. This one played <laughs> all the time. This is one of my mom's favorite songs kiss by prince in the revolution
1: yeah that yeah. that song's always a big one right there you mm-hmm. said kiss at one. first the, the, the first thing it always comes to my mind though is like oh what kiss song is she oh yeah <laughs> like wait a second kiss isn't gonna be on the top charts
0: <laughs> no um i i was reading this off to get to this one in particular uh-huh. last week always oh, moved my son messed with it it's moved last week on last week's episode we held up an album cover Oh, the Dirty dirty Work? Dirty Work, Rolling Stones. We were laughing at how ridiculous that cover is, even though we love the colors. We yeah. like it. We like the album cover, but it, the Stones look so uncomfortable in this <laughs> modern kind of Memphis style, like whatever it was. <laughs> um, but Harlem Shuffle from that album is 19 on the charts. Oh,
1: well, there you go. So At least Stones yeah. are still climbing up.
0: Yeah, so there we go. We do have Bob Seger at number 24 with American Storm. This is 80s Bob Seger's not.
1: Yeah, it's you know. a little bit different. He's so, so some of the, it's like that thing when the decade switches and then it's like, there's that point where I'm like, hey, I got to try to fit in here. And it works for some guys, not always for everybody else. It's the same way.
0: Yeah. It's, uh, we have some debarge and um, it's just not, you know, you're going into the summer. So a lot of, you know, a lot of people are holding on to those big hits, the release like in about two or three weeks after this. Um,
1: but it's that weird thing that summer's been a big time for movies for quite a while. But like summer used to be the time that everything else sort of took a break, which is always kind of weird. You know, whether mm-hmm. it be video games, TV shows, you know, albums, all that kind of stuff. I don't know why. Summer was always like that. Hey, let's put a hold on it.
0: Yeah, just I don't know. very disappointing that. So we're going to go to the box office. Talk about that. Now, no shock here. Number one at the box office. Top Gun. Uh, the Number one
1: movie. day of. Perfect.
0: Oh, yeah. $12 million. This ended up being the highest grossing film in 1986. One of the highest grossing films of the 80s. Yeah. Massive hit. Cultural phenomenon. You got people like, you know what? I want to go to war now. <laughs> and they just sign up.
1: Well, that's the thing is like they used to put out like literally recruiting booths in front of theaters because people would get so amped watching that movie that they'd come up and just sign up for the Air Force, not really realizing what they're getting into that literally less than 1% of people can even fly any form of planes or anything like that. (sighs) Yeah, I I think that's the worst part is it's like it's so misleading for like the average person average is like, yeah, I'm gonna be a pilot. It's gonna be great. So I like that be like. Well, unless you were kind of born into being a pilot, it's kind of a tough one to get into.
0: Did you ever, um, did you ever attempt or think about the military? Was that?
1: Uh, ever- I kid you not. Know, when I watched Top Gun when I was a kid, I really wanted to be a pilot when I grew up. And I remember I had a teacher at one point and been like, "Well, if you wear glasses, you can't be an aviator." And I was just like, "Well, there goes that thing." Do I <laughs> do anything else in the military? No, I just want to be a pilot. I want to be like Tom Cruise and Val Kilmore. like you know what I mean. And it, it, those are always those things. It's like as a child I saw, I was like, man, it's going to be so awesome and all this thing like that. It was the same way I felt about watching Lethal Weapon. And I remember like, we had one of those like, hey, here's like the, whatever, like the when, when somebody comes to school and talks about their job, well, we had a police officer come in and my first question in like second grade was, hey, is it just like Lethal Weapon? And the guy's like, no no not at all I, I actually never pulled my gun out before it's just a lot of paperwork and talking to people and so on like that and it's like boy that just crushed my like hmm. second grade it's like it's not you You don't like you didn't fight like gary Busey out in the rain and like <laughs> have this kung fu match in front of like your partner's house and it was badass and awesome or you know just rip the living daylights out of the foundation of another guy's house and pull it down out with your dualies on your truck come on
0: no <laughs> yeah, it's a lot of paperwork spencer <laughs> So yeah, I burst your yeah. second grade bubble.
1: I've actually never even pulled like the you know the button off like my uh, safety latch on the gun. <laughs> it just it sits there. It's got dust on it.
0: <laughs> my dad, I I um was recruited to the Navy. Uh-huh. and I even started doing the workout stuff, and I was like really going through with it. Yeah, like I was go to the recruitment office twice a week and talked to this guy, and my dad, who's a Marine, taught me out of it. <laughs> He he told me he wanted me to go to the military so bad, and then I got close to it. He told me if I was going to do it, ever do it, to join the navy. I don't know. I can't remember his reasoning for well, it. Well,
1: that's what I've heard many a times too. Pretty much anybody in the Marines will mostly tell you that. Be like, hey, you go to the navy. Pretty much chances are you're going to be totally fine. You'll be on a boat the whole time, you know. Unless Pearl Harbor happens, that's like the, that's worst case scenario.
0: <laughs> yeah, he he they they sold me a lot, and my dad was like, "Don't do it." And then I remember, I, I my right ankle is like destroyed. It's like, uh huh. It's. I've got. I can literally stick my finger in it. Like it's. There's holes in it. It's bad. And I remember they were like making me um stand up on my toes, and then my ankle was like pop 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 pop. And they're like, "What's wrong with it?" And I told them, "They're like, oh well, you'll probably tear this in basic training, but then you'll be in the military, and you it'll be free to fix it." <laughs> I was like, Is "Great." That,
1: that, uh... That sounds horrible, actually. You yeah, know. this
0: sounds really bad. I'm so excited. I can't wait to be running through basic training, tear this ankle, and then them actually not care at all. <laughs> <laughs> and then, so I was like, okay, that was pretty much, I was already on the verge of getting out, but I was like, yeah, that's it. But I was almost in the Navy.
1: Yeah. Well, I just have a because both, both my grandpas were in World War II. So one of my grandpas was in the Navy on the USS New Jersey. And then my other grandpa flew B-26 bombers over like North Africa and Italy and all that stuff area. And he kind of, you know, they, they switched around between me and navigators and pilots and bombardiers and all that That's kind dumb. of stuff. But uh, so there, there's that kind of cool stuff right there. And so on like that, you know, and then a couple of my buddies, too. It's like, you know, one guy was in the Army and buddy Josh and my buddy Dave. He was in the Air Force and pretty much for like. Four years or whatever it was, I think you just like sort of repaired runways. Like mm. so, you know what I mean. the th- The thing is, is like to get to those like top tier positions that you you want that, that you know they showcase in the movies and video games is like close to impossible to get to. And the kind of thing is, is it's not like one of those ones like if you knew you weren't going to be able to get as a pilot, be like, okay, I'm backing out. But it's like, no, no, we got a job for you, and you're like, well, maybe I don't want that job. <laughs> what, what I was here for was uh, it's already taken.
0: Yeah. I was are going to be like a mail carrier or something like, is this, you know, driving like mail across the desert over landmines and bullshit.
1: Yeah. That, that sounds like it's one of the ones at first like, okay, mail, I can deliver that. And so and then it's like, oh yeah, by the way, they're going to yeah. fire at you the whole time. There's going to be the yeah. landmines. There's wild animals out there. What wild animals. Yes.
0: Yeah. <laughs> you, you don't your... have a
1: door on your mail truck for some reason. Gosh.
0: Here's your stale cheese its from your care package. I'm glad I risked my life for it. Yeah. So number number two, at the box <laughs> office. Uh short circuit.
1: Oh, um, there's a great movie right there. That's mm-hmm. something I would love to watch again. Cause I used to watch that movie all the time back in the day.
0: I haven't seen it in I probably haven't over seen it since decade. the nineties. Yeah. Yeah. Um Sweet Liberty, number three at the box office. Um JoJo Dancer, Your Life is Calling, number four. Fire with Fire, number five. Police Academy 3 back in training. A <laughs> uh, bunch of crap. Money Pit. I like, I like oh, the yeah. money pit. I like that one. I like the money pit. Have you seen that on Family Guy? I think Whether so. Maybe. Just, the, the room is flooding and he says they're all confessing something. And Peter's like, I did not like The Godfather. I didn't care <laughs> for it. They're like, what do you mean? And they like argue about it for a long, long time. And then in the arguments, I like the money pit. I like the money pit. <laughs> So, <laughs> that's all I can think of when I see that movie, and then I think of Tom Cruise laughing through that hole in the floor, which is actually a good scene. I like that. Um, so yeah, I'm not even gonna read more of this, it sucks. I mean, that's your yeah, it's movie. kind of
1: weird. It's like this, like it kind of makes you go, Well, no wonder Top Gun did so well. It has like not <laughs> a whole lot of competition,
0: yeah. Well, and same thing with the soundtrack, there's just not a lot going on. It's um, no, I mean, it's almost it was like good music in there, but it's just you know.
1: Yeah, yeah, but I mean, like, it's not like that stuff. I mean, where we see some of these other movies, it's like what they have to compete against. Like, it's like, well, yeah, no wonder they didn't do nearly as well because they're competing against like ginormous blockbusters. And it says Top Gun's like literally sitting above the pack. Like, none of those movies are even like not even close. I hate to say what it. Mo- like,
0: what movie was it a few weeks ago where we had the box, out, like, the um, billboard was like. It was like 14 giant movies in a row. Yeah, it was like 14 <laughs> giant movies in a row. And then the the billboard was like. It was like Jump, um, Beat a Thriller, <laughs> the Girls Just Want to Have Fun. It was like all the iconic songs. It, it wasn't I Boys of was, the Rock
1: Aliens, was it? Because I, that, it?
0: That's what I was thinking it was. Because
1: that movie obviously wasn't competing against any of those, let's be honest.
0: No, no. It wasn't even, yeah. <laughs> so, of course, that week. we Yeah. <laughs> yeah, because we talked about how Jermaine Jackson was in the movie. And then the well, same time, Thriller is like number one. Yeah, in the that's chart. right.
1: That's right. Yeah, okay.
0: You know, so, But anyway, go watch our Rock Aliens episode. So, real quick, not to change the tone too much, we're going to, I want to talk about something very important. Um, If you follow podcasts at all, you follow us on Twitter or any social media, you might have bumped into Epic Film Guys or Nicolette's Kitchen, or most importantly, the live stream for The Cure happens every year. Uh, They raise an ass load of money for cancer research. Um, One of the coolest things I know that any podcasters do is probably like, I don't know how many, five, six years, maybe they've been doing this, maybe longer than that. Um, that you know, live stream for the cure has been around and I was going to get involved this year. And I guess for whatever reason, wasn't able to work anything out. There was some Thursday slots available in the morning. I'm like, no, my kids will ruin that. (laughs) Um, so uh, we're not actually going to be on live stream for the cure, which is a bummer, but we want to contribute. I know both of us, you Know you had your, you know, you overcame cancer like what was it, two years ago?
1: Yeah, about about two, 2019, it started, end about
0: 2020. Wow, yeah, I I dang, time is flying now, all of a I sudden, know. because yeah, <laughs> I feel like, yeah, I almost feel like it was even closer than that. So, yeah, I mean, you know, that's the thing, and you know, I lost my mom last year to cancer, she mm-hmm. was only, she wasn't even, you know, 60 years old yet, so it's a dick, the whole thing's yep. a dick, and um. So while they're raising money for cancer research, we obviously care about that a lot. So yeah. we'll sh- contribute. We'll definitely, I want to tune into the stream for sure. I'll be there at some point, you know, mm-hmm. donating and talking and everything and at least being in the chat. Yeah. Um, but um, if you can't, um, you know, if you're not going to be on it yourself and you want to contribute, um, all the de- information is going to be here in our promo. So when we'll we run our promo for live stream for the cure, definitely check that out. Get involved if you can. It'd be great. It's a great cause that all the work is done on that end. Um, so, yeah. But it's really cool for us to support it. So anyway, that's going to be our promo this week. I usually like to leave it a surprise, but I want to kind of give some information. But um, yes, listen to the promo for live stream for the cure. And then we come back Um, and fucking talk some Top Gun. Mm-hmm. I do. All right, cool. Uh, we'll be back in just a moment.
2: Hello everyone, my name is Nick and I'm the host of the annual live stream for the cure to raise money for the Cancer Research Institute. They research immunotherapy which signifies the hope of a future immune to all forms of cancer. CRI is extremely accredited and highly rated, meaning 88 cents out of every dollar donated goes to actual research. This year starting on May 19th at 9 a.m. Eastern Time, We're fighting for the sixth year in a row to raise money for this amazing organization and this important work. Livestream for the Cure is all about the power of the indie creator community, showing that even small creators can make a big difference. We're proud to continue working to raise money and awareness for the potential to treat all forms of cancer with immunotherapy. Together, we can make a difference. Learn more and make an early donation today at Livestreamforthecure.com. So Top Gun, 1986, a little experimental film.
1: A little bit. It's kind of experimental in in a large-scale way, but it it is is definitely doing something that a lot of people never really had done before, too, because even, like, flight movies are such a kind of an odd rarity. I mean, they do exist, but there's not tons of them, you know, no matter what decade it is, you know? Mm -hmm. And um, having full-on fighter jets using the actual military, full-on military bases, you know, aircraft carrier spending money on all this stuff to give it that real live feel this real action oriented stuff is like it's just one of those things it's like realistically even past Top Gun it, it's one of those movies that like very few people tried to really kind of ape it you know what I mean like there's things like Iron Eagle Iron Eagle was like this the best secondary movie you could get because I used to watch the living daylights out that series because if you love Top Gun and you want more that was about the only thing you could kind of have but it's not like there's a ton of like knockoffs or anything like that i mean you know squat cats is the other thing you can kind of have and so on and then even as time has gone on you know like what like in the last 30 years like there's like that movie stealth there's like um i'm just trying to think of like there's not really i forgot
0: about that movie too you just mentioned it
1: (laughs) because i remember when that movie came out that like pretty much like almost it was being sold as it's like hey it's kind of like top gun but not really
0: yeah 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 there's just not a lot of plain movies and this one i you're talking about it being experimental actually i was joking but seriously <laughs> it, it kind of is know, tom Skerritt has that line in the movie like up there we got to push it and they did they pushed all this technology all the everything that they were doing to the absolute limit in terms of authenticity you know just working with the military like they did i mean people accuse this of being you know like basically a pr- promotion tool i don't think it was made with that intent I think it ended up being very, you know, useful in that regard. And I think the military saw it as that from the beginning, but (laughs) I don't think that that's what, you know, you know, Tony Scott and the Bruckheimer or Don Simpson and Tom Cruise were all trying to do like, let's get some kids into the the war machine, you know, but they did
1: though. It was that thing when they, when Jerry Bruckheimer first went and Don Simpson went to go ask the military to use their stuff, they turned them down and then, Another group was like, whoa, 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 what are you doing? This is actually going to be great Mm -hmm. for the Air Force. And then they're like, yeah, you could come on by, use the planes, use whatever you need to use, and so on like that. But it took a couple of times for them to do it. Like the military was almost hesitant at first. I think sometimes the military is always afraid that when people make movies of them, they're going to make the military out to be like a bunch of morons or something like that. You know, like anybody's kind of afraid, too. It's like when it's coming from the other side. But. I will say it's like, I love movies that are kind of like have that kind of Patriot kind of feel, even though this one's oddly like it doesn't have that same Patriot feel as like something like a Red Dawn does, in -hmm. a sense, like it more just kind of has like, they just happen to be Air Force pilots. And it's super cool to be that but it's not necessarily like saying like, I I, I don't know, it it almost has like a different way about it's more about like, the I think the pilot spirit is more like what it's showcasing and it just happens to be it's the US military. Like this could technically work I guess on any front if you know. Other than the fact that like you never see the big pilots in this so they just feel like unnamed soldiers.
0: Red Dawn is proud to be American. Freedom ain't free. You yep. know, we're we're resilient, we're tough, you know, I'm proud to be American. This is like being American is fucking cool. Like, <laughs> yeah. Especially to other countries like you look 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 at what's happening here. Like being—that's what this movie is. That's the patriotism is here. Is like, we're fucking legit and we're cool. And that's, all these all American good-looking dudes in there. You know, um, there's Kelly McGillis. You know, there's all this. You know, all this. <laughs> Meg Ryan. Up, Meg Ryan's in there. Yeah, I'm like throwing Meg Ryan in there. It's um, this is cool to be, you know, an American, and you know, yeah. you have pretty much every great movie. That we love from the 80s. But <laughs> well, not every great movie, but I would say 50%. There's like yeah. some type of you know, red dawn, Rocky Four is the most.
1: Yeah, Rocky Four is just that ultra like, but that's like it's like I feel like that's a good form of fun patriotism. Like, you know what I mean? Like
0: it's oh, like all patriotism is fun patriotism.
1: Yeah, you know what I mean? But it's just like this one, like that's what I kind of like about that sort of stuff. It's just it has that good time feel. Like the other thing that's kind of going on in Top Gun, too, is it has a real uh renaissance of like the 50s going on in here too is it has a very of like that 50s kind of spirit in the 80s which is a very common theme in the 80s anyways is that kind of like let's look back at the 50s because that was our kind of like golden decade you know a lot of people turned down the 60s and 70s but the 50s are like that's where it was at because this one even has a lot of that too i mean it's got the jerry lee lewis music just the kind of look the feel even like tom cruise riding a motorcycle it's like once once it's almost got like that lone spirit kind of rebel character just modernized for the 80s and a lot of the stuff they're talking about is like about 50s is kind of the first time people are using jets. That's where Tom Cruise's dad was at and so on like this. So it has this very connection of like almost a nostalgic feel already in the 80s to, you know, two decades behind.
0: Yeah, that was why I was kind of concerned about Maverick, uh, Top Gun Maverick, and we still haven't seen it yet. But the tone of it, because the tone of this film, even Tom Cruise said it in the documentary, the if there's one thing they nailed it was that because you could pick holes in the story. You could pick holes in the romantic element in this film. There's some things that work and some things that doesn't, you know, the movie's kind of cheesy. Is it kind of predictable? Yeah, but the movie is so fucking fun and it nails the tone. And Tom Cruise said something in that thing I was watching that kind of, I knew this, but when he said, it, it really clicked for me. It's like, this is a adventure competition. Movie is really what this is. The you know the fighter jets are just an accessory. It's like in Ghostbusters, it's a really a film about going into business with your friends, yeah. And then the ghost hunting thing is just part of it. It's you know, and that's that's what Top Gun is. I mean, all the fighter jet stuff though, they put a lot of work and effort into. But the spirit of the film is a competition movie.
1: Yeah, that's what it is. It's like, and it's funny because it's like that whole story of it comes from just like an article or whatever that like Don Simpson and Jerry Bruckheimer found like on there, like, "Hey, Top Gun school, this looks pretty interesting," and so on, like that. I remember like there was there's one of the special features because like you know they've made a. Crap ton of special features, and there's a great six part documentary that was on the DVD. It's carried over to like the Blu-ray and so on, but like it's longer than the movie itself. That was like the best part about Tony Scott and Ridley Scott's movies is that they always came with such great special features, like in the 2000s. But um, I remember just just kind of talking about that. They're talking about that flight school, or they're talking about the school and everything. They're like, they're like, yeah, except for the real top gun school is not a competition because the thing is, if it was, people would be crashing planes left and right trying to get the
0: number one. No oh, god. <laughs> Yeah, that's probably a really good thing because, (laughs) you know, the military is highly competitive anyway.
1: Yeah. Throw in a, a, you know, a goal, you know, or like you throw in a trophy in a
0: sense. Do you remember the first time you saw this?
1: Uh, Really young. So it would have been, I probably would have saw this like, probably like 92 or something like that.
0: Okay. Me too, actually. Yeah. But you were younger than me in 92. I, funny story about how I saw this film is i was really little but i was probably old enough to know better still so you've probably heard me talk before i'm from the charlotte area so the de- <laughs> days of thunder was the shit in my totally. life like the the ride at wins and stuff which later there was a top gun ride too but it wasn't there yet when i was yeah. a kid and rode the ride at wins had to go home rent the vhs watched it and then i went the second time i went to watch it my dad's like oh you should get top gun too And I went and watched Top Gun. Not I was like, this is such a rip off of Days of Thunder. (laughs) When I was a kid, that was my first thought. Well, yeah, because whatever
1: one you saw first, you know, it's you know what it is. It's like the Goodfellas, Raging Bull, and Casino. It's like the those movies are kind of the same three similar stories. So whatever one you saw first, you're probably going to like more than the others.
0: Yeah. Well, I mean, there are some things about Days of Thunder I like better than Top Gun. I'm not going to lie. Yeah, Uh, but they're both really just relentlessly cool. Yeah, both
1: movies awesome captures yeah. the spirit captures like the excitement you know what i mean both perfect movies like i said i think both those two movies are like pure four out of four you mm-hmm. know as I said, you, you could nitpick them but like the cool factor just the whole like overall fun factor of the films are just amazing
0: well it's just they look so good it was you know yeah. tony scott was ushered in that era that everything michael bay tries to do tony <laughs> scott did better and yeah um, I mean, I will say from a visi- visual standpoint, we don't give Michael Bay enough credit because all the other ridiculous stuff that he does. Yeah. Um, but man, Tony Scott just, man, sunsets, you know, ex- if it's an explosion, he does explosions okay. But sunsets, lighting, composition, you know, just the way he's got his own look, man. It's been really, they've tried to duplicate it, but yeah. adding that sexiness to like an action film. Yeah. You know, just does something. It really, really takes it to another level.
1: See, and that's things like tony scott's always been one of my top favorite directors ever like mm. just all the look just the cool movies he makes they're so unique he's always like pioneering new stuff too like you know i mean even like in the 2000s he's still pioneering looks farther than like almost anybody else is you know like the whole time he's just and, and i just feel like he's just got like movie after movie after movie after movie you know and it's like they might fluctuate a little bit but it's like he does so many of them that's like you kind of forget that there's some of these movies you're like oh man that's a tony scott movie too and that is too it's like yeah. So much good stuff out there.
0: It's so funny to me that okay, so ironically, we are initially going to um, review Legend, yeah, this week, which is the movie that Tom Cruise was filming with Ridley Scott when he was given the you know the idea for or he was passing along this idea of Top Gun, and um, you know Ridley Scott's movies. I love Ridley Scott, one of my favorite directors, also, yeah. has a completely, it's like Tony Scott is somehow a redneck <laughs> in a way. And like, in a good way, like really Scott is yeah. still kind of British. You know, do you have some of that highbrow, you know, kind of filmmaking going on in there and stuff. And he seems like kind of uber intelligent. And then Tony Scott's like, fuck it, let's blow shit up. Let's <laughs> look, Sunsets, sex, all this, they blue lights, tilts. Re- I mean, you know, it's just like, <laughs> I can't believe that they're related, but at the same time, it makes sense. You know what I mean?
1: It was the thing, too, is like their movies also, even though they are kind of like different, you know, one being kind of more artsy and one being more blockbuster. They still have a lot of stuff that I feel overlaps at the same time, too, that you kind of feel like you of their movies. I feel can kind of go back back to back and they actually make nice like companion pieces because they are different enough so that you don't feel like you're watching the same thing over and over, but just enough so that you kind of feel like these do kind of form together. But I just feel like Tony Scott just makes the ultimate like action blockbuster and just does it over and over in all kinds of different genres as well, too, and just does that really well. Where where Ridley's kind of like, he doesn't do as many movies, but the ones he picks, he kind of does some like a very interesting take and a very interesting style on what he does do, you know. But I, I will say I've always been that person, even though I, I like both of them a lot. I probably actually like Tony Scott a little bit more, even just because he's got so many of these movies I just love.
0: I can't say that because uh, there's a couple of films of really Scotts that are just I love. Uh-huh. But I love both of them so much. It's like um, Led Zeppelin. One's Led Zeppelin. One's Tom Petty. You know, Led yeah. Zeppelin can go off on like a little bit of a tangent and get kind of interpretive and whatever. <laughs> Tom Petty had a saying, don't bore us get to the chorus. Yeah. And you know, it's just like, here's what you came for. And Tony Scott's about that. That's that's it, you know. He he was not there to fuck around. He was going there to like get everything he could yep. out of what he was given. Yeah, I'm gonna pay the ship captain twenty five thousand dollars to spend this motherfucking <laughs> boat around to get it. So the I get my sunset. Yeah, that's some hard uh, ass, didn't, the, didn't the check bounces. That's some hard ass shit right there. <laughs>
1: that's that's like the thing that's I, I love that. Like just like just so like ballsy and just he's always got like a cigar in his mouth, he's just there like a pirate almost shooting this movie. Yeah.
0: <laughs> he didn't give a fuck, man. And that's um, I watched that little documentary when we did Days of Thunder, and just he was just such a cool guy. And th- this movie is somewhat and this is another reason I was concerned for Maverick, which seems like it doesn't didn't affect it at all, is that I thought this movie was lightning in a bottle. Like it couldn't be duplicated because yeah. it feels like one of those things where like every movie has decisions to make. Every movie has things that go wrong. Every movie has the cast and they might make the wrong casting decision or whatever. But you have those movies that come along where I feel like everything fell into place and it was the right time for the movie right place. Yeah. Um, and this was that was top gun i mean it was just you, you i can't think of casting or doing anything differently than what they did
1: no as i said it's like it's all like the right actors the right place everything like that i do feel that top gun could have had sequels right off the bat and i know some people always think of that like oh you're gonna kind of break like what makes that one uh you know amazing but i think that top gun could have fell into like that rocky way that I mean, maybe it would have been made more straight for the Top Gun, Top Gun fans, but like you could have carried that and done similar things like the Rocky thing, and just kind of keep that mm. up and that ante there.
0: Yeah, they um. Well, you know, there's that whole joke about was well, not even really a joke. I was thinking this when I was watching it today. I never really thought about it that much before, but you know, the whole thing with the ending is basically they start a World War III. I mean, <laughs> you, you're in enemy territory shooting down planes. I started yeah. thinking like this would. This would cause some shit. This would be really disastrous for pretty yeah. much everyone involved, you know. So, uh, it,
1: it, well, you know, it, it's 1980s style where you can kind of go off and have skirmishes, and they're not really wars, you know. <laughs> like that. That's that. I think that's the. Thing. I think that's also why it works is because if it what if this movie did not happen in like the 80s if this would have happened just even like a handful of years earlier it still would have been in that kind of post-Vietnam era where like you know the, there's just a completely different look of the military i felt like there had been enough time from Vietnam to kind of get here where it was almost like hey you know what and we're we're doing it with fighter pilots and so on like that and we're going to give it kind of like you know this hey everything about this is kind of cool and fun and it carries on, you know, like, I mean, it, it carries on with even other movies that are kind of around the eighties and that kind of wartime period.
0: Well, this is a, we're in Reagan era here. Yeah. Is that I like, mean? like, it, it's... it's just like, you know, we get eight years of him. We get four years of his uh, vice president would have been more if Ross pro didn't jump in there. But, you know, <laughs> this is uh this is peak red state America right here. We're going through, <laughs> you know, and so this movie was perfect for that. Um, I, I could just picture a bunch of guys. Yeah, I liked it, man. The full, actual was good, and some good shots there. And then the volleyball scene was weird.
1: Kind of turned me on, but
0: yeah, I don't know how I feel about <laughs> it. I have to go talk to somebody about that. Talk to the preacher <laughs> to see, make sure everything's good. But everything else, I liked.
1: <laughs> I love how they spent like three days on that volleyball scene just to really top it off. And the and
0: the I think it was Paramount's like, dude, what are you
1: doing? It's three days of a volleyball scene. You're Like, no, no, no. S- Jerry's like, be... Jerry's like, we need
0: this. Yeah, that they all needed it. Yeah, I'm starting to think they all really enjoyed that scene. Because I mean, how long is it? Like two minutes at the most.
1: Yeah, well, it's probably not even that long. It's, it's you know, it's like maybe like a minute and a half. Because you know, it plays like so much of the song and whatnot, but it still is there. But it, you know what? That's that scene is almost like the equivalent of like a like a training montage in a Rocky or something like that. Like it breaks everything up. It kind of shows that, like, because once again, they're they're sort of. This movie is all about sort of selling the image of cool. And as I said, it kind of gives that 50s style of cool. And it's supposed to be like, hey, here's these guys. They fly these you know expensive fighter jets up in the sky and whatnot, do crazy stuff all day long. And then it's like they actually got time to kind of kick back and do a volleyball game with each other, even though they're kind of in competition and whatnot. It's still like part of it.
0: What's the camaraderie? Yeah, it's just actually one of the biggest selling points of the movie is people long for that, you know? Yeah.
1: Well, it's really, it, it's a very bromance movie. Cause you remember like when they used to have that section where they do like the bromance and like the date night movies and all that kind of stuff. like, if this movie wasn't in the bromance one, somebody kind of messed up because that's totally what this movie really is more than anything oh, else. Yeah. It's like, it's got a love relationship in it, but like that almost could be cut out. And this movie could just be like a reservoir dogs where it's just all dudes just hanging out, just doing dude stuff. Cause that's practically what this film sort of is. I mean, I, I get why you have Kelly McGillis and that you got to have that because that gives it more diversity, but it really could almost work in that reservoir dog style. As oh, well 100%. Too. It doesn't it,
0: need. it doesn't need the love story. I'm not saying it's bad that it's there.
1: No, no. Yeah. And I, yeah. And I, I sell that probably does actually make it bigger, but it also could work, you know, really strong without it and just being an all man, just competition movie.
0: Well, the still from you, the, you know, the way you describe it. And when I describe this, I'm thinking in the eighties mindset. Okay. So don't. Everybody don't get woke as shit, and you know, write it on Twitter. <laughs> I'm saying just in the '80s mindset. You got things for the man, and you got things for the woman, as you like to say. And yeah. uh, that's what this movie was. It's, it's the ultimate pop movie. Yeah, it's 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 just nobody had done it as well. It had been tried, but not duplicated to this point. Where it's, it's we're gonna saturate culture. We're gonna keep, we're gonna catch you at the billboards. We're gonna catch you in your radio in your car. Okay. Mm-hmm we're gonna we're gonna you know get you to the theaters and we're gonna get you going back as many times as we can uh we're also gonna hit hit you with some style and you know probably there was no hair gel to be found in america for like three months after this (laughs) movie was made it was just you know it was it kind of permeated culture for a little bit it's just
1: for for a long time i mean this this mm -hmm. soaks all the way up to like the late 90s i mean like it really like You know, maybe in about the 2000s, it kind of like sort of started to fade away, except for big, you know, movie fans and whatnot. But like, I mean, it lasts, the the long lasting effect of Top Gun goes a ways.
0: You know, I got to talk about this too, talking about Maverick, something I didn't mention earlier. You know, when I got really pumped this week. Yeah. and And we, this ties into actual retrospective on Top Gun too. I didn't even like the songs, but the fact that there was two music videos The Lady Gaga, I think one Republic is the other one. Yeah. Two Top Gun themed music videos. And it has footage from the damn movie in the video. Yep. Pump me out of my mind. Because you and I have talked about this. We miss the fast food tie-ins. We miss the event, the hype, the, you know, the movies being so pervasive in what we do part of it we don't get that anymore It's because just the way technology has changed and the internet's changed everything. Like yeah. we, don't, we're, we don't go to the record store anymore. You know, yeah, we're we're, even, most of us don't even buy albums anymore.
1: You know, most people don't even go technically out realistically anymore. <laughs> yeah, no, <I> know.
0: <laughs> that frustrates me. And so, you know, having the Top Gun stuff everywhere, like being like all through the fast food chains people are going away from that too, which is probably a good thing, but I miss the cups. Oh. I miss the the tie-ins. And I've always said I miss the music videos when there's footage from the movie. And it's like, oh man, take this big artist and they made a song for this movie. It's yeah. It's a big deal. Yeah. And so that was so cool when I saw that this weekend. And I'm like, I'm hoping, I'm hoping Maverick brings some of that back. And you know- you, we start seeing more of that.
1: I think it might be because you know what th- this sounds weird, but one that did kind of have some tie-in stuff just recently was Sonic the Hedgehog Two. That one had a McDonald's tie-in, so you mm-hmm. could get like kind of like the theme stuff there. But then, like even in the stores, I kept finding there was there was little Sonic stuff that they kind of tied. I mean, it's Sonic the Hedgehog, so there's always going to be a tie-in from the game and from Sega and all that stuff. But there was stuff. There's a lot more specific stuff towards that movie that they kind of kept popping up here and there that I was seeing. That was like, oh, this is cool. This is cool. So I just kept grabbing stuff because I'm like, this is like one of those things you just don't get this all the time. You know what I mean? Or it's like even before one that was like that kind of hit it hard was the Detective Pikachu because it's, they had a Seven Eleven tie-in. So they had Slurpees, they had cups, they had hats, they had a Pikachu stuffed animal. There was all kinds of stuff there. I mean, I bought all. I bought all tons of stuff because i was like i just love the idea that this exists but that's what i wish there was more of us i hope that top gun i hope that i see like a Slurpee cup of top gun or maybe it's a burger king i don't care where it's at just somewhere you know what i mean and they have all the little novelty stuff that goes Mm -hmm. into it you know i i know that also the other thing too is that there there was a shift for a while of like to get away from like in a sense like the material goods of, like, the 80s and the 90s. You know, I mean, people are trying to, to get to that minimalist type thing. And I think in that process, kind of removed like the the thick plastic cups. You get, you're like, damn it, I spent extra money for it. I want the thick plastic cup. <laughs> I, want, yeah. I want the cup that, you know, that outlasts my lifetime.
0: Well, you know, in the 80s, the early 80s, you go to McDonald's, you didn't even get a plastic cup. You got, like, with the Turn of the Jedi Empire Strikes Back, you got those actual glasses. Yeah. That'd give you and you can keep forever. And my uncle has them. My, yeah, you know, he still has several of them, Uncle Jody. Um, <laughs> But yeah, it's it's um, I don't even need it to be the material stuff as much. I mean, and the thing is, th- we've said this before too. This stuff still happens. Tie-ins haven't went away. No, music videos haven't went away, but it hasn't been the same. But seeing those the other day, the, I didn't even like the song. The lady, I love Lady Gaga. I think she's pretty cool. I have a lot of respect for her. Not my yeah. cup of tea, but I have respect for her. I didn't even like the song that much, but just yeah. seeing it, it was really cool. The one Republic song I did not really care for.
1: Oh, well, yeah, that's the, that's the thing. It's, it's one of those weird ones. I know that they always, they, they got to modernize it and they got to kind of do that. You know, it's sometimes you almost feel like, would it just be best if you just got, went and got Kenny Loggins again? Like, you know what I mean? Let's be honest. <laughs>
0: Just um, like cause
1: that's something that's so rare is like just to actually hit it really hard with like, hey, we're going to actually get, in a sense, the 80s stuff, but we're just going to have them do newer things and try it out. But that might be even a hard one to capture.
0: Yeah. But hey, this, it seems like it was this what the movie did. It seems yeah. like. So we'll see. But I mean, I don't know. Yeah. The soundtrack was for the original Top Gun was massive. You have Berlin, Take My Breath Away, which I actually do like more than Danger Zone. But I'll play Danger Zone more often because Danger Zone's a mood. Yeah.
1: I mean, playing with the boys, I like the Cheap Trick song on there. Um, What else they got? Uh, Is that song, the the, the ending credit song, I like a lot too. I can't remember. Yeah, the ending
0: credit song's my second favorite, and I can't think of what it is right now either. But that's, I mean, sorry, my third favorite behind the the two big ones. My only regret was they tried to get Journey involved. I wish Journey would have made a song for the whole. Can you just imagine? Can you imagine a Journey saying "Danger Zone"? Holy God, Neil! Shaw. <laughs> yeah, it. it's hard. To, oh gosh, Well,
1: it's funny because then Steve Perry just—you know—like it's not too long. He starts getting really involved with movies, and he starts ending up producing many of things. I think once he
0: kind of leaves Journey, he just starts I producing. You, I did not know this.
1: Yeah, because because you know, once I can't remember how J- Steve Perry gets kicked out of Journey. But let's be honest: who wants to go see Journey without Steve Perry? I mean, I know Journey started, started before. Started. Steve Perry, like the very first album doesn't have Steve Perry on it. I get it. It's just like the, the four dudes or whatever. And then they have Steve Perry and they're like, oh, who's the?" there? Well, I guess we're kind of stuck here. And then they kind of want to go back to that. But it's like, I don't know. I feel it, it, I it, it's kid. tough to, to kick the I mean, I'm sure he sings great and everything like that. But I just feel like
0: it's karaoke. I,
1: yeah. Yeah. That's pretty much what it is. I mean, I'll, if it, once again, I know I brought this up. I think last time was the ACDC thing. Like if you lose your singer and you have to replace him, that's a completely different story. I get that. You know what I mean? But still, mm. it's, it's like going to see Skid Row without Sebastian Bach. I'm like, let's be honest. Is it really Skid Row?
0: Yeah. The I, I know
1: Sebastian God. Brock probably didn't write any of those songs or whatever. He might just sing them, and that's all he does. But let's be honest. that what creates the sound.
0: Well, the Queen, you know, they brought in George yeah. Michael sang with them, and that kid from Adam Lambert, I think is his name. And they did great oh, yeah. jobs.
1: Yeah, that's and... a bit but But yeah, you, you're kind of... I mean, it'd be cool to say, hey, I saw Brian May and all the other dudes, but... You know. Yeah. I don't
0: know. Anyway, way off track. But yeah, it's I'm hoping the pop movie comes back in terms of just it's we all care and it'll be it'll be different. It won't be the same. It'll be a lot more social media presence. Yeah. Um but yeah, maybe some cool glasses you can get or something. I did see Stranger Things. Um we mentioned Epic Film Guys earlier. I think um Justin posted this thing about there's like a Hawkins pizza box and Doritos and like a whole thing. Uh So, you know, it's still there. It's just, it was missing something, but man, that, I think that's really, really cool. And this film, it's important because I think this film took that to another level too. Yeah. Not the first, but maybe the best up to that point for, for most things it did.
1: Well, this this one, I think, really kind of upped the ante of how a summer blockbuster can kind of be. And I know mm-hmm. that that happens over and over. You know, as time goes on, somebody adds to the stack of it. But this is one of those ones that just kind of created such a massive impact. I mean, this th- movie played in some theaters for like two years. Mm-hmm. Like it did not stop playing. Like, could you imagine that nowadays? Like a movie playing? It's, it's hard to even imagine a movie nowadays playing for longer than like a couple of months. You know? Even a big movie probably doesn't last longer than two months nowadays. And just, I mean, granted, it's because in like a month after that, it's going to be on DVD and streaming and all that stuff. Yeah, which
0: uh, is another thing.
1: Which is well, because that's the other thing is you don't have that buildup of waiting for the VHS. I think there's something so special about when that used to take a year, sometimes longer, to get the movie on home cassette or laser disc or even DVD. You know, for like in that early time period where it still took a while because. You had that weight, and I think that weight kind of built that drive. Is like you saw the movie in the theater, then you might see the movie again because you knew it was going to be a while until so you could see it, you know, past that point. They also released the novels of movies back then, too, which you don't think too much of. But it's like, well, the whole reason for that is because you want to watch the movie again, you can't really go see it in the theaters, maybe it's not going to come out into VHS for a long while or even on TV, but you could read the book that's there right now. So you get all these tie-ins that kind of go along to keep that experience going. And I feel like it, may, it made movies, I feel, seem more epic, in a sense, because they had mm-hmm. such a lasting time frame. And maybe it's one of those ones you can't capture that the same way now. I think the movie theaters kind of shot themselves in the foot when they realized they could release things faster. but. That when you build things up, you make things wait. I mean, like, just always say, like, episode one's a perfect example. Star Wars there. For how long? This that It took, exam. like, over a year and a half for that VHS to come out. And he didn't even put it on DVD at first. DVD technology's there. It's sitting there. Everybody's practically got a DVD player by this point. He still releases on VHS only at first. You know, you have to wait, like, another six more months for the DVD. And that build up there, though, just in the games in between and all that stuff, it made that episode one period feel so long. It felt like that—that that was a blockbuster. Like two years,
0: it 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 attaches to core memories. So you yeah. can throw whatever you want to on social media, and it, it's—I'm not, nothing against that. We even saw a Top Gun Maverick website this week where you can, like, change your, like, have a call sign, and you get a helmet and all that stuff. Yeah, that stuff's cool. It's so forgettable. Mm-hmm. Uh, in terms of long term, I can remember walking into Burger King and getting the wild wild west stuff or oh, i can yeah. remember the godzilla taco bell i can remember even you know non-movie stuff like the dream team cups at mcdonald's yep. or things things like that like it's I, I could actually remember where i was the exact mcdonald's i was in and you know i was here i was at this one in florida i was at this one in north carolina you know i was i was here with this person uh and the same thing with toys same yep. thing with all that stuff Top Gun is so nostalgic because it's attached to a time and you can remember being in your car and listening to danger zone when you're changing lanes and you feel so badass cause you're <laughs> whipping around, you know, you got all this Tony Scott camera angles in there and you, you, you feel that you, it, you can remember going and seeing it. And something about the way movies are done today with all the, you know, you get the trailer immediately on YouTube you can watch it uh, whenever you want, 100 times over. That's great. Yeah. Um. And uh, I'm not saying all this stuff's bad, but you, they got to pair it with something that attaches to your core memory. And it's going to be hard for us to be nostalgic about any of this stuff nowadays. So there's only a handful of movies where m- my kids will have actual nostalgia attached to it. You know what I mean?
1: Well, it, I do kind of wonder how that nostalgia – will work as time kind of goes on for things. And it's just that kind of thing. I mean, I know for many of things, it's like, what you're mostly really nostalgic for is generally the stuff that's give or take between you're about like five and about 15. I feel like the stuff that you, that hits you the hardest is anything that happened to you in those years. It doesn't have to be necessarily from your own decade. It could be just be, you happened to see this one movie when you were like eight years old and it could have been from the 1920s and it might make a profound effect on you. You know what I mean? But as time kind of goes on, I wonder if things are like, if they're not necessarily as ingrained in the same way the other stuff was like, mm-hmm. it's like when we talk about like the talk about stuff, like it's like the, 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 when you said the Godzilla one, I pictured myself getting the Godzilla cup that I still have to this day and age. Yeah. I got of the course. Godzilla toy. And it, yeah, as I said, yeah. like I got all this kind of stuff and I knew where I was every single time. I kind of got it. Like it brought flashbacks to me of going to get that kind of stuff. It's it's sort of like nowadays there's I think that the downfall is is that you have so much stuff and it's actually all, it's awesome that we have this kind of stuff. It's like you know what I mean like it's amazing that you could literally pull up your phone and watch, you know, practically any movie you want, you know, right now, whenever and so on. Like that that's amazing <laughs> coming from the time period of when you had to hunt and seek for everything. But at the same time I miss the hunting and seeking. I miss the adventure aspect of going out and collecting stuff and finding these movies and finding that one where you go to a store and you're like, oh, my gosh, they got this here. Nobody has this. What? 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 You know what I mean? And, And those kind of things, I think, build up onto your nostalgic value the same way that the tie ins do They add to the experience. And it's almost like. The all the stuff that circles around just the movie itself almost adds up to making the movie bigger and better, almost oh, like 100%. subconsciously, you know, mm-hmm. it, it's kind of like, even like, cause now we're at this point where like I can start looking at movies in like the two thousands and you can start seeing that like some movies there you go like, Oh wow. That like almost like gives you like a flashback trip to like what it was when you used to just think of it like, Hey, this is modern. And then you watch movie science from like 2003 or four and you go, oh, no, this actually has quite a retro feel to it now in a weird way, like, it, bizarrely, you know? Mm-hmm. And I wonder, like, you know, you know, as it goes on, you know, another 20 years from now, when we look at, like, the movies and, like, the 10s and so on like that, will they still carry that? I mean, I think no matter what, there's always going to be nostalgia for, you know, certain areas and so on. And the farther you get to the future, the more the past starts to have those warm, and fuzzy feelings. But, you know.
0: It's just not attached to core memories like yeah. the, the other stuff was. Like, you just the, that tangible... See it, smell it, the whole thing, more senses. And you know, I feel like they're trying to bring some of that back. I think they need to. It's not like Star Wars when you know you got Force Awakens coming out, you got fucking Star Wars oranges in the (laughs) like in the in the produce section. Like you know, it's it's that's not what it is.
1: No, no, no. It, it can't just be you print the logo on something. Like, the, the, I felt like the, the people who did that, they didn't get the tie in marketing. The tie in marketing has to be. It, this is how I think. When I, when it comes down to merch, you want stuff to have at least like two like purposes. That's kind of like how like even when I look at Pizza Boy stuff, when I make that, I want to have two purposes. It's I don't want just a picture because just a picture is just a one purpose item. But if it has another purpose, like let's even just say it's a magnet. It's a cup. You know what I mean. It's that kind of thing. Like, think about like when you there's this really awesome Ninja Turtles cup I picked up. I wish I just had it like close enough to show you it. But,
0: oh like, no, I saw it. I actually. Oh, you saw the was picture? Yeah, yeah. Buying it. Yeah.
1: Yeah. I went to a GNC just because I was like one of those ones. I just was like, ah, whatever. I'll see what's in here. Like the prices online for protein powder was so bad, anyways. I'm like, I'll just see. I, I never go in here anymore, but whatever. But I saw that cup in there, and it was one of those things. It's like, this is awesome it's green it's ninja turtles it's got the tie-in they're doing the tie-in with the pre-workout i don't really want the pre-workout because i know it's not gonna be good because after you have bodybuilder pre-workouts there's no point in trying anybody else's but um it's one of those ones when i saw that cup is like this is what i'm talking about this is the tie-in this is the cup that i'm gonna use like day in day out it's gonna seep in and you know you're gonna remember it someone like that like uh i literally have these like I don't know if I have any more because I think they might've started to wear out, but I had these top gun cups that I found like 15 years ago. They were like glass cups that I found at like a Ross or something like that for like five 99. And I remember just like, when, when I think about them, is like, I had them when I lived out in like Nashville, Tennessee. And I think that's, I think I found them out there. And um, it was just like, Oh, here's these sweet kind of like pint glasses that they got, they got top gun theme stuff on them at that time period. It seemed kind of bizarre because that's at that. It's not totally nostalgic yet. It's, it hasn't been old enough. It's like, at that weird point where people almost don't care about it anymore, but that's probably why it was at Ross. Um.
0: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, It's the same in North Carolina too.
1: Yeah. Cause that, that's always kind of how it is. You, there's, there's that weird time period where like, see Top Gun's now in that point where like it could be the, the hot nostalgic thing, but like in the two thousands, it would have been that weird, like, Hey, it's not old enough yet. It's now past the point where people kind of look down on it. You mm-hmm. know, that, that there's that weird area. Once things go like over the 10 year mark, that like for about another 10 years or so that people just kind of have weird feelings about it. Mm-hmm. It's the way that people talk about Dark Knight, in a sense. Like yeah. nowadays, Dark Knight's like look down upon in a weird way because it's at that weird past the 10 year mark.
0: Yeah, you know, Top Gun deserves some of it, though. I mean, I don't think Top Gun is by itself a great movie. I just think it's everything that goes with it. I'm not even talking about the the outside extracurricular stuff. I'm talking about just the movie itself as a phenomenon. As a cultural yeah. event, it's like Greece too. Yes, like it's 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 in that kind of thing. It's attached to a certain type time, representative of a certain culture. Um, yeah, that's that's why this movie so memorable. It's so good. It's so fun. Yeah, um, that,
1: that, that's the thing is it, it hits it hits everything that technically a, a good movie should hit. This movie hits all those marks. It's fun. It's entertaining. It's a spectacle. It's got the tunes. It's got the characters. I mean, like, it knocks all those core elements out. Like, yeah, if you want to become the the artsy-fartsy person, yeah, this one's going to be missing on some of that stuff. I mean, the cinematography, if you can't argue that one, but, like, maybe some of the other stuff. But I also think the other thing, too, is this movie hits a wide generation, too. Because though it's an 80s movie, and it's one of those movies that, like, you could watch as, like, a kid and just think it's the most ultra-hippest thing ever. I mean, that's what we did in the 90s, you know? But it's also got that retro flavor to it, too. When it comes out in the 80s, that you could be like 60 years old and go in this movie and it still works for you. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. You could be bored in like the 1800s and this movie would still work for you almost. You know, like that's kind of how much power this film sort of has got.
0: Yeah, it's got that just that charisma that's just undeniable. And it permeated everything it touched, except for maybe the video game. The video game was pretty bad <laughs> which ones the, the, NES, the nes one the nes one that, i didn't know there was other ones other than the nes one
1: they made them all the way up to like the ps3 there's, really? there's like top gun themed stuff here and there and so on like that plus that's the other thing since you brought the video games up that's the other ginormous thing that top gun did is you know beyond just its video games of its names the flight simulator genre i think because of this really just like Took off Mm. especially all the way up to about the 2000s i mean you got all those games from like in the 80s and then it goes into things like almost like in the 90s when you got like turn and burn you got all the fighter jet games on pcs i mean even things like urban strike and desert strike and all those kind of games they all have they all have a top gun theme to them i mean i know you're flying helicopters in that one but you know what i mean like they have that like what top gun kind of captures that like you know, in a sense, it sounds weird, but just the awesomeness of the military—that's the best way to sort of say it. You know what I mean? Like America that's what top- the, yeah, just yeah. like totally there and so on, like that. You know, and and, and that's what a lot of good, like, uh, you know, because after Top Gun, you just get so many great, like, in a sense, military action movies. You know, into the '90s and so on, and they all kind of capture that magic of like, like you know, the military is pretty freaking awesome.
0: Yeah. Oh man, yeah, this movie just nails it from every the cast, the camaraderie, the you know, Tom Cruise. This is he was already a big star going into this. He'd already done risky business and yeah. This took him to another level. And he stayed at that level. Yep. Since since 1986, almost 40 years now. He's been at this you know this peak. Well 36 years. Yeah. Um it's just unbelievable to me. The score we didn't talk I mean the Harold Faltermeyer score you know, he yeah. did this, he did, you know, obviously the Beverly Hills cop is what he's most famous for, but
1: yeah, it's got Billy it's, Idol's guitar player on it. Oh really? Uh, Steve Stevens. Mm. He plays the, the Top Gun theme, the guitar oh, part. Okay.
0: I didn't know that. <laughs> Such a good theme. They wrote the theme before the movie was done. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I mean, he's like, this is, this is the sound you need. That's so crazy, man. This movie just, just hits everything right. Um, I used to get mad that Goose died though, because I always thought it would have been better originally and back in the day. Yeah. That um he's injured. <laughs> and almost he's like, Maybe he'll live, maybe he'll die. And then at the end of it he does live and then he's like, you know we didn't win Top Gun, but I did this or whatever, blah, 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 blah. But
1: well, see, as know. a kid, because it's like, you know, you attach yourself to some of these characters and so on. And it's that thing like, oh, man, like I can't believe Goose dies. Oh, you know, that, that's why, you know, I, you think of that as almost like your friend or yourself or whatever. But as you get older, you're like, no, no, no. You understand the storytelling process. He's like, Goose has to die because that's the only way that Maverick is going to be able to, like, take himself to the next level. As he needs to sort of lose, uh, you know, in a sense, his wingman and accept that death will happen when you're in the air force and when you are flying in these things, it's like, it's like that kind of, once you Unless see the you're
0: Scientologist.
1: Yeah. Oh well, yeah. You know what I mean? But if, if, you know, if you're Tom Cruise, you're like literally like King of the Scientologists. Like I think about that, like it makes so much sense why he's in Scientology. It's that's gotta be the greatest thing ever. Cause it sucks for everybody else below Tom Cruise. But if you're Tom Cruise, he is such the poster boy for them that they will do anything to make tom cruise like get, you know happy and get what he needs so it's like he literally is like the hierarchy of hierarchy it's, it's got to be amazing i envy him every day
0: <laughs> I, my conspiracy theory i totally disagree with you
1: you don't think it's you don't think it's amazing you don't think tom cruise no, is like been king been wanting of the castle out.
0: i think he's been wanting out for decades but he loves making movies and stuff i think they got something bad on him. they maybe even framed him.
1: They, they might. Well, they probably do. They probably have some contingency plan against Tom Cruise and
0: Josh Volta and all that stuff. It's shown that they do that from the very beginning. As soon as you get involved, they're like, you get out of here. We're going to slander the shit out of you. <laughs> and I think that they put him in some compromising positions, like the girl in the cage thing. Oh, yeah. Think, they, they do that, that weird stuff. Yeah. Like these, oh, yeah. Tom Cruise had this girl in a cage. Like, could he have done that? Is it possible? Yeah. But there's also part of me that says, this they was probably. They put them in a situation where, you know, if you leave, we're going to leak this.
1: Yeah. so that like he walks to his hotel room and all of a sudden it's like, oh, what the hell? This this wasn't here before, mm-hmm. you know? No, I, I get. Well, because that's the thing though was once they also have Tom Cruise, they need Tom Cruise because they don't have Tom Cruise. They almost like lose some of their power and so on like that. Yeah. Have yeah, you ever I mean, run to a Scientologist like church before? No. When I when I when I lived in San Francisco, there used to be the subway I like to go to on my way home, and of course, right above the subway was a Scientologist church. So every once in a while, there'd be a dude standing out there trying to like recruit and whatnot. And I remember I literally talked my way out of it, and he let me go. Like in a sense, like oh, well, you know what you want with your life, so continue onwards there. I'm like, oh, cool. Yeah. Well, I'm gonna go to subway first, but
0: <laughs> we probably I know we have probably have a branch in North Carolina somewhere, but it's hard to coexist with Southern Baptists. Because you want you want to witness to us? We're gonna out witness the shit out of you. Yeah. All right. You we'll have you sobbing in the corner thinking about hell in like two minutes. Give us two
1: minutes. (laughs) Yeah. It's just that's the only one I've ever seen though. It's in San Francisco. So I don't know where else they really exist. But
0: I've seen where did I see one? I want to say it was in Florida. I want to maybe say Orlando. I saw one. Yeah. Yeah.
1: They they gotta be only in the largest cities. I I have a hard time that. Well, I, I could see them having like little like Held up in some small towns, but for the most part There's
0: probably a branch in Charlotte, but it's gonna be hard to I mean that's like you got the Billy Graham house in Charlotte. <laughs> it's like I mean he's from North Carolina, it's like, come on, we're southern bad the central here. So yeah, I don't know. But I don't know. I think I think they got something on him.
1: They, they probably do. You know what? The more I think about it, I'm, I'm going with you on that side. I, I think that's definitely it. I used to think of it like, oh man, Tom Cruise just like, he gets to make movies and he's just got like a guy that can like literally be like his Ottoman whenever he needs it and they could just carry him wherever he needs to go and whatnot. i was like, oh, maybe it's not like that. Maybe it's just terribly, terrible, terrible worse for him. And, you know, I thought he was getting out of all this stuff because, you know, like, I remember like they have, you know, if you're in the Scientology, it's like you got to do like whatever, like 20 hours of community service like every week or even, if not more. Like, just ridiculous, stupid stuff. Doesn't. No, no, I, I just can't imagine him doing it. Like, no, no, no you...
0: he's an exception to the rules. Yeah, like Magic Johnson and AIDS. He's just he's an exception, <laughs> exactly. <laughs> he just, he's uh, AIDS, nah,
1: he out-dribbled AIDS. <laughs> you think uh, John Givolta gets the same treatment?
0: No, because when he tried to, I think he, I think it's while that not. Not saying this is a bad thing. I'm just telling you in the context of who he is, and well, you know, all that stuff that came out about him being gay,
1: uh-huh.
0: happened about the time. I think he escape. was trying to get out. I think he was trying to get out, and all this bad stuff came out about him very randomly, very suddenly, and all these things. And then, then well, was it a couple years ago? His wife passes away. I'm just saying.
1: Yeah, just saying. Well, that's Scientologist. I don't know. I don't know. You know what I I'm mean? I'm just
0: saying. They'll probably no. listen to this. Yeah, Probably. I've already insulted China the past couple of weeks. I'm. Like, not You already insulted Facebook. Yeah, Facebook, China, Scientologist. Uh,
1: yeah, I go there. You know. Yeah, we'll I say five. You insulted Lacroix, but I think that was before the podcast.
0: <laughs> I did kind of insult Lacroix. I'm drinking this um pear hibiscus. That's a from
1: Lacroix. That's it's, in, it's no, in company. it's just
0: it's like. Good. It's a knockoff LaCroix. Like, I think it's like the Target brand of LaCroix. Yeah. Like, even more, like, it's even more bland. <laughs> yeah. Like, it's straight, it's, you know, they make the jokes about the flavors, like, transport on a truck near bananas, like, like, raspberry whisper. <laughs> <laughs>
1: it's amazing and that that's the money thing it's the same thing of like the truly's and the white claws and all that stuff like that it's like it blows me away that those things are so popular that i actually saw one on tap at one of the concerts i went to the other week it's at, at sacramento i was like they have truly on tap now my but it's like that probably sells more than anything else i bet
0: probably you, you go anywhere and it's right like now yeah We've that's really like craft beers now
1: yeah, it's like, you know, yeah, now a wedding is like 90% like Trulies or White Claws. It's so bizarre.
0: Hey, I'm here for it. I'm allergic to most beer.
1: Oh, yeah. I remember you did that.
0: Yeah. You got I'm, the Boulder uh, Ram one, though. did get that. I didn't, you know, didn't feel that great either. I was going to even, as a matter of fact, tonight, and we're kind of off top topic, but I will I'll, I'll, I'm going to bring it back. Watch this. One of the most famous brewery, breweries in North Carolina It's actually in Fuquay, Verena, where uh-huh. I live. Aviator Brewing. Oh. I was going to get a beer from Aviator. The guy's- and I decided, I, I don't fucking care about beer anymore. No. Well, like, well, I go out pretend I do. It's just no, that's it's part of my life. It's too. just never, never coming yeah. back.
1: You know, just, 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 it's not like you're missing out on much. I know I have a sign behind me that says it's beer 30. and say that, but you know. It's I one ate ate of
0: those. Tequila, though. <laughs> digging that. Different story um, there. You know no what, I gotta say there. this pretty it's quick tired. because
1: because as we kind of go kind of out of this Top Gun thing, one of the ones though is you you had the Top Gun ride over in your area, right? Yeah. hmm Because I had it at Great America in San Jose. And I yep. remember that being such a magical experience because you would get in line and they'd be blasting the soundtrack, and it had all the Top Gun kind of theme stuff around there. And there was so much cool merch that I just I, some of those things I, I wish I could have the day. Because that's the thing. It's like you know, you go there as a kid and you're like You'd be lucky if you had twenty bucks in your pocket.
0: Oh yeah, exactly.
1: And twenty bucks doesn't really get you almost too much stuff, you know. or it's that thing that you could take one souvenir home, one souvenir home mm-hmm. from like a theme park, you know. And that's where it's like, you know, depending on where I went, like I got certain things. Like, like you know, when I went to Universal Studios, I got like the Jaws shark stuffed animal and a Back to the Future ride T-shirt, and I was like, yeah, that works for me.
0: I can't just to talk about that for a minute. You know, we've mentioned. So, in your, it was California Adventure out near you, right?
1: No, that's the Disney one. Uh, it was Great that's America. A,
0: that's what I meant. Yeah. Yeah. Um, in the 90s, mid 90s, I'd say mid 90s to early 2000s, sometimes Paramount bought theme parks. And not everybody in the country knows this because it wasn't all no, it's, over the country. It's only a was, couple of them, really. It was, I think it was about five. There was yeah. one in Canada, there was King's Dominion, King's Island, Carolyn's, Great America. I think one more somewhere. Yeah um and they were really really cool these parks and carol at least mine i mean you could the rides are still there they're just rebranded there was like a star trek roller coaster there's the top gun there there was a days of thunder simulator and then we had a wayne's world land
1: yeah that's amazing because i don't remember having a wayne's world thing at all in Great america
0: we had a wooden roller coaster called the hurler when people still in north carolina call it the hurler like what well, that's the
1: thing is, it's like it's almost like when they change like the names on like a stadium. It's like nobody's gonna you can yeah. pay you can pay four billion dollars, they're still gonna call it its original name.
0: Yeah, it worked with the other ones for some reason. Like the Top Gun ride is like different colors now. I think it's like yellow and blue, and it still has like a plane kind of vibe to it, but it's not Top Gun. And yeah, that, the same thing with the Star Trek and all that stuff. But the Hurler stuck.
1: Yeah. Well, and the thing is, it kind of sucks because it's like the same thing about Great America. It's like I, I literally have not gone back there since they got rid of the Paramount theme stuff. And, I'm, mm-hmm. you know, the rides are still going to be good. But, like, I, I hate to say it. The theme almost kind of makes it more fun. Like, I, I'm more of a theme person than necessarily a ride. Like, don't be me wrong. I, I, I'll enjoy a great ride. But the theme is what takes me there. That's why I always love Universal Studios so much. I mean, it's pretty much like all theme you know but like that's what i like about it so much is it's so hardcore into the theme part and there's all the merchandise. especially back in the day when you couldn't find that merchandise just anywhere you Mm -hmm. know you had all that i mean just seeing the jurassic park cafe and just having jurassic park stuff galore just was like mind-blowing and that was the same way that paramount used to be and it's kind of like a bummer not to have all that extra stuff there Mm -hmm. anymore that like i don't know it's just like yeah i mean i'm not saying the rides aren't still gonna be fun they're the same thing but even though I don't care, just can't they just be rebranded as some other somebody else can't like Lionsgate buy it or something like that? I don't care who it the is. Lionsgate.
0: But... <laughs> as long as Sony doesn't buy it.
1: Yeah. Well, I mean, Sony's got enough good movies though that they could probably turn to a ride. Just all I gotta do is slap the logos on it. I just missed that theme stuff. I think that's like the the whole thing of the tie-in is that I guess to Top Gun is just all the stuff that comes along with it. And it's something that does make for real special stuff. And just having just like, you know, the lifestyle almost associated with a movie.
0: Mm-mm. Well, you can create a fandom around it, a community yeah. around it. You know, yeah. it's, 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 it's just a totally different thing. But anyway, Top Gun Maverick, we'll be doing a fast forward um, next week. We're going to, I won't try to go see it. It's, it's not this weekend, is it? No, it's, it's, it's technically,
1: weekend. yeah, it's next week i guess thursdays when it comes out for the regular folks
0: yeah yeah yeah. we'll go see it so it'll it won't be next week i guess it'll be the week after we're doing yeah fast forward because we were going to do top gun next week and we decided let's just go ahead and you know get on there now Um, just just,
1: it gave us a safety week just in case you know because i've learned that sometimes if we try to cut it short and something happens then uh we get kind of screwed
0: yeah, it's it's crazy because we called an audible at the last minute. We were going to do Legend this week, and we still will do that eventually. But
1: yes, definitely at some point. That, that that's in our like, back burner a lot. That's been going for a while.
0: Yeah, that one's definitely been pushed back a few times. Um, there's like Predator's been pushed back, which we'll probably save that one for obvious reasons. But um, yeah, there's been there's been several.
1: All the good Tom Cruise and his unibrow movie era.
0: Yeah,
1: it's <laughs> nothing like the weird thing. I always think about that. Even as a kid, I remember like, why does Tom Cruise have like a unibrow like in his like first like eight movies, and then it just goes away one day. <laughs> but it, it's amazing it took that long before someone like, "Hey, hey, yo, uh, Tom, you know what? Uh, maybe you gotta, you want to pluck that? Pluck what? You know, just
0: mm-hmm.
1: a little unibrow you got going. It's really weird that you're a sex symbol and you got a unibrow. Just saying.
0: It was Scientology, man. That's what got him. That's what'll get him hooked. He got he got cleared, whatever they call it. And then unibrow's gone, man.
1: Yes, it is. It, is yeah. weird. it go, goes to show that, like, you know what? That, that almost had to been that thing. You know there had to been some guy off, like, a unibrow who went and saw Top Gun. He's like, you know what? Maybe I got a chance, too. <laughs> <laughs> Just saying. I know everybody's telling me I got to shave the center there. But you know what? Tom Cruise got away with it. I can do it, too. And then the second that he does, like, shave it, then it's probably like, dude's like, dude, you were my guy. You were my guy. What happened?
0: Mm. yeah just
1: just like brad pitt for like you know being like a trailer park like hillbilly like you know what i mean like i i miss those days when brad pitt used to have all like the hillbilly movies because he was like one of the best just like scary kind of hillbilly trailer park guys you know like like that movie california where it's spelled with a k (laughs) have you ever seen that movie before it's hilarious the best way i could say it's like like the drunk batman that me and dunnigan made up like the voice that Brad Pitt uses is like almost identical to that. And that's not really by coincidence, because I saw the movie after that, but
0: Brad Pitt's weird.
1: Brad Pitt, Brad Hillbilly Brad Pitt. So good.
0: Brad Pitt would have been good in Top Gun, though.
1: Oh, he would have been really good in that. He would have been able to nail that role really well.
0: Mm. Anyway. Well, thank y'all for listening to Via VHS. As always, um, go to com. you'll find all Spencer stuff. Get your pizza boys. With Z. You got all the, the comics there. Pizza Girls. Yep. Um, all the stuff that he does. Via VHS, you can find it at Via VHS on Twitter, at VHS Pod on Instagram. You can find me on the TikTok at Via VHS, which I'm using more and more now.
1: Yeah, TikToking
0: um, it up. Yeah, TikTok. We both did TikToks today. Um, so that was really cool. Um, so we had, yeah, more more stuff going on the way. We're gonna talk after this episode's over what's coming up next week. We don't even know yet. We just you know. We'll just uh we let we let fate decide.
1: Yeah. You know what? We're gonna feel the need. Need, yeah, for the speed. need for speed. So we're gonna figure um, it out.
0: Maybe we'll talk about the uh script for Top Gun that almost was the almost Top Gun. Um saw a video about that today. So anyway, thank y'all for listening. Y'all have a good one. And uh T Bone and Razor are signing off via VHS is out.